Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. So the question is, uh, when will Barack Obama be charged with murder? That's the question. When will he be charged with murder? What do I mean? I'll explain. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli on a rainy Tuesday. I guess we got some... Bad weather on the way, kids, so be careful, all right? Be careful out there and take it easy. Governor Phil Murphy, King Philip the Unaccountable, his royal rugness, has already declared a state of emergency. And uh, in anticipation of the state of emergency that uh, is going to be taking place, His Royal Highness will be giving the State of the State address and also uh, lecturing everybody about how to drive safe in the rain. All right. So all those things are going to be happening uh, momentarily. But the question is, uh, can Barack Obama be charged with murder, uh, murder uh, by uh, by a criminal court? I mean, say, say the United States attorney for D.C. and there's no statute of limitations on murder decides, hey, you know what? Presidents don't have immunity for their actions in office. And I personally think that when Barack Obama signed the death warrant of Anwar al-Awlaki, was a U.S. citizen, um, he killed the guy, murdered the guy. He didn't have any due process. And when did Congress give the president the right to just kill people? So, I mean, it was justified by the Obama's own lawyers writing a memo saying, yeah, we can kill this dude and three others. We can kill four Americans without due process because, you know, we're in a war and this is a war and they weren't even near the war zone. Or at least how lucky wasn't at the time. But hey, what the heck? Let's charge him with murder. I mean, why not? See, this question of presidential immunity, it's playing out right now in the D.C. Circuit Court, really hinges upon, can you, can you go after a president after he leaves office for, for something that you perceive to be a crime committed by the president while in office? And the answer to that, of course, is no. As ridiculous as the analogy is, it's, it's a legitimate argument that's playing out in court. What about drone strikes? Can you can what I mean, at what point do you say that a president's actions as president, there's only one body that gets to deal with that, and that is Congress while the president 
is in office. And if the Congress doesn't believe it rises to the level of high crimes and misdemeanors, then you're out of luck. And that's just how it goes. And that the Constitution of the United States is very, very clear in the impeachment clause that gives Congress and only Congress the ability to go after presidents for their actions as president. Now, when they leave office, obviously, that's a different matter. Then they're private citizens and then, you know, uh, all bets are off. But why why have an impeachment clause if years later president leaves office and you get to turn around and say, well, now we're going to charge you with uh, with murder? You know, you, you can we believe you committed a crime here and we're going to we're going to go after you in criminal court because that's what they're doing with Trump. They're arguing that Trump interfered with the election, that Trump uh, is election denialism claims. Trump's argument is, look, I took an oath. Right. My oath was to defend the Constitution and take care of the laws are faithfully executed. If we've got all this evidence that there's cheating going on and voter fraud going on, I've got to do something about it. You know, I'm the, I'm the top law enforcement officer in the land. I mean, as president of the United States, it's, it's, it, everything falls on me. Remember, the Constitution doesn't say that the power of the executive shall be vested in a president and an attorney general and an FBI director and a bunch of bureaucrats. No, no, no. It's all the president, all the power that flows, all flows through the president. So when I say he's the top law enforcement officer, he's the top. I mean, he is because he's the guy who puts his hand on the Bible and takes the oath of office to take care that the laws are faithfully executed. And so that means that he's the boss of the attorney general. He's the boss of the FBI director. He's the top dog, period. You know, these are not independent agencies. These are part of the executive. So Trump is president, does these things. Congress ultimately impeaches him for January 6th. And they have a trial in the Senate and he's found not guilty. So there's your due process and a story and it's over because otherwise what you're going to do is if you say presidents don't have immunity, criminal immunity or civil immunity, but immunity for their actions as president while president, then mark my words, I guarantee you this, every single president of the United States of America will be charged with something in criminal court when they leave office. A hundred percent. Without fail, every single president will be charged with a crime when they leave office. The opposition party in power will get to appoint a U.S. attorney somewhere who will go after that president for breaking the law on something. Something that the president did. Because, you know, look, I mean, presidents have to skirt a lot of gray areas here. You know, there's all kinds of gray areas presidents have to skirt. And, you know, should George Bush have gone to prison for Abu Ghraib? Should he have gone to prison for signing off on torture? Or was that decision to either go after him or not go after him left to Congress, who chose not to go after him? You see what I mean? I mean, Barack Obama killed a lot of people with drone strikes. He was like Mr. Drone Strike. They had these meetings every Tuesday, and um, they they had a, they even had a joking name for it. It was like it was like Drone Strike Tuesday or something. They go over the list, and Barack Obama would personally sign off on these names. And the ACLU sued to say you don't have the right to kill Americans without due process. Now at the time, no one really cared because Anwar Awlaki was a was a su- suspected terrorist. But that's the thing about our criminal justice system: you're only suspected until you have due process and you're found guilty in court. So the question is: Can a president kill? somebody who's a suspected terrorist who's not in immediate threat of 
or it's a immediate proximity to the homeland. You know, obviously there's the old argument of, all right, so somebody has a bomb and they're threatening to blow it up and you got a sniper trained on the guy who gives the kill order. And that's not really a question in those circumstances. The courts pretty much understand whoever the executive is, whether it's in the state or a federal matter has the right to say, take him out. Chief of police, whatever there's, we, we understand all that. My question is, well, can can the president order somebody's death a thousand thousands of miles away, not on U.S. soil, when they're not in a in a definitive threat to the homeland, when it's not an immediate urgent situation? They just think the guy's a terrorist, and the president says, "I think he's got to go." Is that enough? Is that all it takes? It's just a presidential memorandum of understanding that yeah, this is a bad dude, and we're going to wipe him out. We're going to kill him. Now, <clears throat> I don't know the answer to that. Because because it's a very vague area. It's a very when we are at war, and there was a state of war that existed at the time—the war on terror, the never-ending war on terror. Um, it's a gray area, but it's not up to me to say. See, I don't have the legal authority to say, and I don't think the criminal justice system has the legal authority to say. The only entity that has the legal authority to say whether the president violated his oath of office or not is Congress under the impeachment clause. Now, if somebody had sued Barack Obama and had gone to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court had ruled that what he did was unconstitutional, well, then Congress could have taken action, but the, but the Supreme Court doesn't have the right to remove the president. You know, they, they could argue his actions were unconstitutional, but they don't have the ability to do anything about it. So then at that point, Congress could have turned around and said, you know what, that whole killing an American with a drone strike thing, not cool. And the court said it was unconstitutional. You don't have the power to do that. So we're going to impeach you and remove you from office. Okay, well, then that's Congress's business. And if at the time Congress felt like, you know what, this is probably a gray area and probably one we want to tread carefully around, whether or not the executive can just sign the death warrant for an American citizen or not. But nevertheless, we're at war, bad dude, probably a terrorist, probably a threat. So we'll let this one go. Or we'll let these four go. But don't do it again. Uh, Try not to anyway. You know what I mean? Well, that's it. It's over then. You know, for some some blazing U.S. attorney for the District of Columbia to come in years later and say, hey, listen, murder has no statute of limitations. It's a statute, not a statue. Murder has no statute of limitations. So we're going to charge Barack Obama with murder of the murder of Anwar al-Awlaki and argue that he had no right as president to order his death. It's insane. It is insane. It's no different than Congress trying to posthumously impeach Roosevelt for the internment of Japanese Americans. You know, at the time that he did that, the internment of a Japanese, German, and Italian-American citizens, when he signed that executive order to forcibly remove them from their homes and put them in concentration camps, at the time the Supreme Court ruled it was constitutional. They upheld that in Korematsu, but Korematsu has since been overturned by the Supreme Court. Symbolically overturned, but overturned nonetheless. So, I mean, could Congress now posthumously impeach President Roosevelt as president and argue that even though he's dead, we're going to wipe him from the history books by removing him from office and stripping away his title of president? Or we want we want history to reflect the fact that he was impeached and convicted for his actions in the 1940s? I mean, I, I hope not, because that's also insane. But at what point do we say... When a president does something in office, the time to deal with it is when he's president or she, when he's president, and that's it. And then if Congress doesn't do anything about it, 
Well, then it's tough noogies. I mean, history will judge, but that's the only judge. Because we are we are in very, very shaky constitutional ground right now with this this trial that's playing out in D.C. court. And, you know, the, the hypothetical argument about whether or not a president can order a SEAL Team 6 to take out a political rival. What if a president does, in fact, order an assassination of a foreign leader? But it's illegal, but president does it anyway. Because he's got reason to believe, you know, it's like the story of, um, let's see this, the left would probably like this. I'll give you this analogy. They said that uh, Russia brought nukes to Belarus, I think. So what if now there's credible evidence that Vladimir Putin is planning to launch nuclear missiles? And we've got a spy over there who's embedded in the Kremlin and we can take out Putin. And we know that the guy who's going to take his place is going to pull out of Ukraine and it's going to be much different. We got a shot. It's one shot. It's tonight at 6 p.m. at this. uh, They're having this ball to honor Stalin because I don't know if you know that or not, but that's a thing now where they're trying to rehabilitate Joseph Stalin. Really, in Russia, they have all these like Stalin centers that are popping up now to try to rehabilitate him. Because he's gotten a bad rap over the years. And rightfully so. (laughs) The guy was a monster. But, uh, so they're having a dinner tonight, you know. A dinner tonight to honor Stalin. And Putin's going to be there. And our guy, who's embedded deep, uh, is one of the caterers. He can poison Putin's food tonight and kill him once and for all. Mr. President, do you want to kill Vladimir Putin tonight? And Joe Biden, of course mutters and stumbles and barack obama answers the question and says yes take him out and they said well thank you because that's what we were talking to you the whole time so then they kill putin tonight you know he's there eating his borscht or whatever the hell they eat over there i don't know uh they poison his vodka i think the guy i mean all, isn't that what all they do in russia is just drink vodka i think anyway so they poison vlad's vodka he takes a shot he's like stole a night you know whatever and then drops dead and then Next week, somebody finds out Joe Biden gave the order to assassinate Vladimir Putin. And Congress goes, that's outrageous. We have a law against assassinating other foreign leaders. We're going to impeach Joe Biden for this. And they do. And they have a trial and they find him not guilty. They say, Joe Biden, under the circumstances, you did what you had to do. You're not guilty. And then that's that. And then the next president's a Republican. And now the Republican president comes in and says, hell no. He broke the law. He broke the law and he assassinated a foreign leader. That is against federal law. He doesn't have the right to just do that. And I want him prosecuted. Calls up the Attorney General of the United States and says, I want this guy prosecuted. And the Attorney General turns around and calls up the U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia and says, go ahead, get, a, get, get an arrest warrant. We are now filing formal charges against former President Joe Biden for taking out Vladimir Putin by poisoning his vodka and his borscht or whatever the hell they eat over there. And uh, now Biden's got to face criminal charges for his decision as president to assassinate a foreign leader, even though Congress adjudicated the matter and found him to be not guilty. Do you know how absurd that would be? What an absurd world we would, we would, we would have if that was allowed to, to stand? If we find out a president has broken the law as president... And, and and let's say we find out after the fact, you know, let's say Biden leaves office. He gave the order to assassinate Putin. Nobody knew about it. And then Trump beats him. And now Trump's president. It's 2027. And we and, and the information comes to light. Joe Biden gave the order to assassinate Vladimir Putin. And Trump says, I want this guy prosecuted. It was a federal crime. And 
he needs to go to he needs to face the music for this. So now we're going to haul Joe Biden into criminal court, stuttering and mumbling, and uh, we're going to charge him with with violating federal law as president. I mean, it's insane. It's absurd. It will be a even worse banana republic if this is allowed to go through. And mark my words, every single president will ultimately then face criminal charges for something they've done as president. This is why the only matter, the only way, the, uh, literally the only way to deal with this, period, is Congress and the impeachment clause of Article 1, and that's it, and that's the end of it. And if Congress does not impeach him, if Congress does not remove him, it's over. And if Congress doesn't have the information at the time, well, tough noogies. You know, I mean, something may come out at one point that, fine, you know, if LBJ were still alive and the truth came out that maybe he ordered the assassination of John F. Kennedy, I don't know, I, you know, are we going like, to, at what point do you say, this is lunacy, we have to just step back and say, the actions of a president, while president, have to be dealt with by Congress. And if the Congress doesn't know at the time, well, then tough. You know, because there's a lot of things that are classified and Congress doesn't know everything. And so maybe they, a couple of members of Congress did know because they're the ones authorized to know under the law and they didn't think it rose to the level of impeachment. And that's enough. But this question of can you go after presidents criminally for their actions as president, I'm telling you right now, if the answer to that is yes, then Barack Obama needs to be charged with murder. There's no other way around it. He gave the order to assassinate American citizens. Whether or not he was right or not needs to be decided by a court. Not me, not you. Because that's the due process clause of the Constitution. So, in the absence of a finding by a judge and a jury that these men were guilty and then a sentence imposed of execution, Barack Obama probably broke the law. And just because his attorney said he didn't doesn't mean he didn't. So, arrest him. Let's get this over with. That's the big story of the day today, brought to you by our buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, venariadental.com. That's where I want you to go, venariadental.com. He's a great guy. He's my dentist, and he is the master of dental implants. So please go see him today, venariadental.com. We're coming right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices so join the revolution subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring listen on your odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast you'll be glad you did the zioli show on your schedule from talk radio 1210 wpht in the free odyssey app well, I can say- 
855-839-1210 if you want to weigh in. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. So Donald Trump brought up the drone strikes today. And what's good, though, is that his people are asking these questions. I mean, the attorneys are asking these questions, and they're good questions to ask. You know, I mean, can can I mean, can a president be charged with killing people with drone strikes? What Barack Obama did is uh, was terrible. And also, in addition to that, um, it was something that doesn't have a statute of limitations. So here's Trump outside the courthouse today. Take a listen. So you can't have a president uh, without immunity. You have to have as a president, you have to be able to do your job. But if this didn't work out, if I wasn't given immunity, then other presidents, when we talked about today, uh, President Obama with the drone strikes, which were very bad, uh, they were mistakes, terrible mistakes. And you can't put a, uh, you really can't put a president in that position. So I think most people understand it and we feel very confident that eventually, uh, hopefully at this level, but eventually we win. A president has to have immunity. And the other thing is I did nothing wrong. We did nothing wrong. We did nothing wrong. And that's the point that he talks about. Listen, I was president. We had uh, allegations of election interference and we needed to uh, look into them. Uh, just keep Fox News guys uh, monitored because Corrine Jean-Pierre's at the White House podium. It's uh, the breaking news today is that uh, the defense secretary Lloyd Austin has prostate cancer. And he was off the grid in the hospital, in the ICU, and we're going to hear if Corrine Jean-Pierre is going to address that fact about the defense secretary basically being AWOL and the White House not knowing about it. Let's just jump in for a quick second and find out what uh, the fembot is saying here. Well, we have uh, John Kirby up on the screen right now. Is that what oh, you got see? Kirby on the screen. Yeah. Okay, I may be on a delay then. Uh, all right, well, is Kirby talking about <clears throat> Austin? Yeah, it looks like it. All right, let's see what Kirby has to say. Heard uh, both no, from John Kirby gone. and Corinne Jean-Pierre that the president is standing. No, they're out. He's okay. Gone, yeah. All right, well, they're just basically saying the president's standing by him. Look, this is a big deal. This whole idea, this revelation that Lloyd Austin, the defense secretary, was just gone. I mean, he was just, you know, like, where did, where, where'd he go? He was in the hospital. He was in the ICU. He has prostate cancer. And that question, of course, of whether or not somebody at the White House should have known about this, it's a great question. And I think the answer to that is yes. I mean, this is a this is a major major problem. There are already articles of impeachment that are being introduced against Lloyd Austin for not following the chain of command and for not allowing the president of the United States to uh, to know about what's going on. Oh, you know, there's also a theory going around the internet. I know this is going to upset Susie on social media, but that Michelle Obama is not helping Joe Biden in his reelection because she wants to run for president. Now, this theory is is all over the place. It's all over the place right now that uh, Michelle Obama wants to be the candidate. And so people have been asking, why is Michelle Obama not doing more to help Joe Biden? Why are the Bidens not doing more to help Joe Biden? And the question is, is it because she she selfishly now wants to be the candidate herself? Hmm. With that uh, in mind, former first lady and author Michelle Obama said she's terrified by what may come out of the 2024 election. You know, the person who um, wanted to stay out of politics and just write, I don't know what, talk to women's magazines about recipes and home care and wanted nothing to do with politics, right? Nothing to do with politics at all. She's done with it. She's over. Michelle Obama's over. It's over. It's all over. Well, on this podcast that she was on, she actually says she's terrified by this. Here's host Jay Shetty. Asking her what keeps her up at night. 
Cut five. What is the thing that keeps you up at night now? Or what is, is your biggest fear now after having overcome so many? It has less to do with me personally and more to do with the world that we're in. There's such a thing as knowing too much. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when you've been married to the president of the United States who knows everything about everything in the world, sometimes you just want to turn You know it off, too much. Right. It's like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to know what was in that folder that you just got that made you quiet. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to know why the security just pulled you over. Mm -hmm. I mean, it could be any range of things that comes across the desk of the leader of the free world, right? So I know a lot about what's going on and what keeps me up are the things that I know. Mm -hmm. um, the war in the region, in too many regions. What is AI gonna do for us? The environment, you know, are we moving at all fast enough? What are we doing about education? Mm. Are people gonna vote? And why aren't people voting? Are we too stuck to our phones? I mean, those yeah. are the things that yeah. keep me up because you, you don't have control over them. Mm -hmm. And you wonder, where are people, where are we in this? Uh, you know, where are our hearts? What's going to happen in this next election? I am terrified about what could possibly happen because our leaders matter. Who we select, who speaks for us, who holds that bully pulpit it affects us in ways that I, sometimes I think people take for granted. You know, the fact that people think that government, eh, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't really even do anything. And I'm like, oh my God, does government do everything for us? And we cannot take this democracy for granted. And sometimes I, I worry that we do. Those are the things mm. that keep me up. That's what keeps Michelle Obama up. Now, she's worried about the election. Because elections matter. You're worried about who the next president's going to be. Doesn't give like a real long, stunning endorsement of Barack of, of Joe Biden, though. You notice that? So this theory that's out there today is that Michelle Obama is secretly now uh, helping the Obamas are helping to torpedo Biden because they know he can't win. They know he's going to lose to Trump, and they would love for Michelle to be able to jump in there and become the candidate. Now, do I believe in such theories? Well, first of all, the Obamas love power. That's number one. They love power. Does Michelle Obama really want to be president? No. But does Michelle Obama, would she be okay with her husband being president? And she's sort of the Pino, you know, the, the president in name only. And so she gets to be the first woman president. And the Democrats, you see, the Democrats have a problem right now. It's a Kamala Harris problem. I've told you this before. And the reason why is because they have the first black woman vice president in the history of the United States of America. All right. So how do you just push her aside for another like old white dude like Gavin Newsom? How do you just push her aside for uh, King Philip the Unaccountable, his royal rugness? Well, you, you can't. But she, but but Kamala Harris is even worse than Joe Biden is. She's even more unpopular than Joe Biden is. And so the the, the question becomes, what do you do? You, you're gonna you're gonna upset a lot of people on the left if you just shove her aside. Well, Michelle Obama solves that problem for the Democrats. Obviously, she's a black woman, and she's Obama. And so. You know, when I hear her talking about politics, I just get my radar up when I hear these stories that are floating around out there that maybe, just maybe, possibly now, Michelle Obama is hoping that Joe Biden will not be able to be president and she will be able to jump in at the last minute as the candidate. And the Democrats are so sleazy that what they would do, and here's how they would play this out, if they were going to do this, they would do it at their convention. 
And then all of the delegates, because they, what they can't afford is they can't afford like RFK getting the nomination or Bernie Sanders getting the nomination or somebody they can't control. They can't allow that to happen. So what they would do is they do a sleazy move over the summer where Joe Biden would have a stroke or something you know, right before the convention or during the convention or you know, whatever. And then Michelle Obama would step up and all the delegates who were pledged to Joe Biden would go to Michelle Obama. Or something like that. Or, or that, I mean, that's one of the scenarios that could happen. No, I obviously I'm not an expert in terms of the rules of the Democrat National Committee, but Democrats don't care about rules anyway. They, they do whatever the hell they want. So, however, they need to figure it out to ensure that if they were going to make a last minute switcheroo, it would be done that way. But you have to do it before Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are nominated. See, that's the problem. Because if if they're nominated, then if he's out then she's the candidate and they don't want that to happen. So if this, if they are going to play a little game here and I'm not, I'm not Susie, don't get upset. I'm not saying they're going to, I'm just saying that if they were to play a little game like that, that's what they would do. They would do a sleazy little move like that last minute. So you can't have a primary. They would, they would make it seem completely as an emergency situation. And Michelle Obama would stand up there and say, I don't want to do this, but I have to for my country because we got to stop Trump because he's evil and blah, 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 blah. And that's how this would play out. Oh, Kirby's talking about Austin right now. Let's j- jump in here for a minute as Peter Ducey is. work with allies and partners on a joint statement on the Houthi attacks in the Red Sea, which was to be issued to, according to the president's direction no later than Wednesday. You saw we did that. I came to the podium and read that out. From Monday the 1st of January through Wednesday the 3rd, the National Security Advisor, his deputy, Middle East Coordinator Brett McGurk, spoke repeatedly with their counterparts in multiple foreign capitals to secure the support for that joint statement. Senior NSC officials coordinated hour by hour with senior Pentagon officials who are also making phone calls and securing support from foreign partners. The president's uh, final approval on that statement uh, uh, happened shortly thereafter, and as you know, it was issued on the 3rd of January. Also on the 3rd, there was a principal's committee meeting on Haiti, um, and neither Secretary Austin nor General Brown attended. They were represented by, by deputies. Um, that is not uncommon that a, 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 at a principal's committee meeting, for whatever reason, a principal may not be able uh, to attend. Okay, thank you for all the detail on that. But more broadly, why should we believe anything that this administration tells us about anything ever again? I think we all recognize. <laughs> Great question. And I think the Pentagon has been very, very honest with themselves about uh, the um, the challenge to, to, to credibility by what by what has transpired here and by what and by. Uh, uh, how, how how hard it was for them to be fully transparent with the American people. I think we all recognize that. And and wait, wait, wait now, just give me a second now. I, I know you got another one coming here, but but we all recognize that this didn't unfold the way it should have on so many levels, not just the notification process up the chain of command, but the transparency issue. We all recognize that. And, and I think we all want to make sure we learn from that. I. Uh, it's up to you and your colleagues, and it's up to the American people to determine, you know, how much they're going uh, to ascribe what happened here to our credibility on every single issue. But in, in every way, 
Secretary Austin has been an exceptional defense secretary, and he still has the full faith and confidence of the commander-in-chief. Uh, he has led uh, the department at an incredibly dangerous time for uh, our national security interests and those of our allies and partners. But if the administration is going to go to such great lengths to keep secrets about the defense secretary's health, how can anybody be certain that the administration would not go to the same lengths to keep secret problems with President Biden's health in the future? If if you could logically argue, and you can't, but if you could logically argue that the administration... He's wait, 81 wait, years old. Wait a second. Just give me a second What's here, Bub. There I'll get there. If, if the administration Listen, made some sort of Machiavellian effort uh, across the board to, to, to keep this from getting public, then I think your question has merit and, and certainly is a fair one. I don't think it's a fair one because that's not what happened here, Peter. What happened here is the Secretary of Defense, uh, for whatever reason, I can't answer the question why, uh, that information wasn't shared. It wasn't shared widely in the department and it worse? certainly wasn't shared with you the United it's, it's not good. It's certainly not good, which is why, again, we want to learn from this. We want to, we want to make sure that it doesn't happen again. We got to go around here. We want to make sure it doesn't happen again, this Peter. This was so optimal, as you said, and given the commitment to transparency that the administration has, how do you square that with the confidence that the president expresses? In the All right, 855-839-1210 is the number if you want to weigh in today on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. This is a big deal. This Austin story is not going away. And uh, the administration that pledged to be the most transparent in American history obviously has some splaining to do. No doubt about that. Uh, 855-839-1210. Listen, Emmons Roofing and Siding, you know this weather out, this storm that... King Philip the Unaccountable has already declared a state of emergency for is a good reminder that your roof is essential, right? And so are the windows and doors in your home. And Emmons Roofing can deal with all of it for you. Emmons Roofing and Siding has been delivering excellence for for decades and for me personally for seven years i've used them for seven years they did my roof my windows my doors and emmons also does kitchen and bathroom remodeling and we have them remodel my bathroom remodel the kitchen they did a fantastic job i'm thrilled with the work that emmons did matt and his wife stephanie are there for you their entire team is dedicated to outstanding customer service so reach out to them today by going to emmonsroofing.com if you have a shore house make sure you get that shore house inspected the the roof before uh, winter is over because any damage is going to get only worse when the warm air hits. So Emmons can take a look at it for you and they'll give you a free estimate. They'll never tell you you need a new roof if you don't, but if you do, you'll get a lifetime warranty on that roof just like I have. I love the great work Emmons does and I'm so grateful for their friendship. So just go to EmmonsRoofing.com, E-M-M-O-N-S. They serve Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Delaware, and the Jersey Shore. EmmonsRoofing.com. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the Odyssey app. So, you know, last night I was supposed to go on Jesse Waters' show, Jesse Waters' prime time on Fox News. But on my way to go change, I got a call from Jack, his producer, and he said uh, the news just came out that they're keeping William Penn. The National Park Service made the announcement, and Josh Shapiro is taking credit for it, much like he took credit for 95 getting rebuilt. Uh, so we're not doing this segment tonight, but... You are our Philly guy, Rich, so we will be in touch. So that's what happened last night if you were tuning in 
um, that's just what I, and look, these things happen sometimes, you know, in, in, in the world of breaking news and the world of ever changing events, it's not the first time. It's not going to be the last time either. So, you know, I'm always grateful when they reach out to me and ask me to come on their shows. And if I, uh, can do it, I always will. If I can't, or if it doesn't work out because of timing or something else, well then there, there you go. Uh, so the question that John Kirby just got regarding Lloyd Austin and the cancer diagnosis and the fact that the president did not know this. Here's the question that Kirby was asked just a few moments ago at the White House press briefing. Take a listen. Uh, I still don't have the audio for it. Oh, okay. That's okay. Uh, The question was, the president didn't learn about this for a month after the diagnosis in early December. Quite simply, does the president think that's acceptable? Kirby answered by saying it's not optimal okay it's not optimal now they're going to keep uh lloyd austin they're not he's not going to they're, not, they're this administration doesn't hold anybody accountable for anything i mean obviously mayorkas the border's a disaster so it's not like they're actually going to do anything about this but i do think it's 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 just telling the, the biden administration is a fiasco it's a fiasco and it, it's just par for the course with this administration it really is we in the middle of uh, lloyd austin just disappearing the secretary of defense we had Uh, dozens of attacks by the Iranian-backed Houthis attacking our ships. We have this whole story of Putin bringing nukes to Belarus or wherever he was moving them. I mean, all these things are happening, and the SecDef is just missing. And doesn't tell anybody. And there's no chain of command at the Pentagon. Nobody knows what to do, and nobody lets the commander-in-chief know. It's a freaking disaster is what it is. But this this entire administration is a disaster. And, you know, I keep thinking and I've been telling you, I don't think Joe Biden's going to be the candidate because he's not acting like one. You know, candidates would be this is a moment for the president to look extremely presidential and come out and fire Lloyd Austin. And look, if you if you're worried about the racism thing, you can always find somebody else to replace him with, who you know, checks all the DEI boxes. But just like how the president if he was really running for president could would order the national guard down to the southern border to secure it and he would stand up there and he'd say look there's no posse comitatus issue here this is our border we got to secure it it's national security that's the end of it i mean there's lots of things biden could be doing that would look presidential if he actually was running for president but i've told you i don't think he's actually running for president so I think the problem here is that we have a guy who, and the Democrats know he's a disaster because he's a disaster for all those reasons. And that's where they are, and they're screwed. I mean, they are really in a bad spot right now. So yeah, the Michelle Obama conspiracy theories swirl for those reasons. And I know, I know it's probably unlikely. I'm just sharing, my job is to share with you the political news of the day. So if there's all these stories out there about Michelle Obama not helping Joe Biden and the Obamas have decided it's time for him to go and there's these rumors that it's because they want her to be the candidate, I have to, it's my job to bring that to you. That's why I'm here. That and my spectacular political analysis, which more times than not is always spot on. Sometimes I get it wrong, but not often. I'm not making predictions because you cannot, this is the kind of thing it's very difficult to predict. I'm not making predictions. All I'm saying is that I would not be surprised at all, in the least, if that's how this played out. I'm not saying it's going to. I'm just saying I would not be surprised in the least if that's how this plays out. And we'll see. And by the way, Ray Epps, uh, the guy who told everybody, tomorrow we go in the Capitol. We go in the Capitol. All of those things. Ray Epps today was given the ultimate slap on the wrist. 
He was given one year probation. He has to pay 500 bucks and do 100 hours of community service. That's right. The guy who incited people the night before and the day of the ultimate slap on the wrist. we got a big 4 o'clock hour coming up. Trump's case about immunity in court. We'll break it down. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.